You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. What's up, 26er family? Welcome to the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Felicia, joined by producer extraordinaire, Demarcus. And folks, we are back. What's going on? If I could sing, I'd hit that Mark Morrison note from Return of the Mac. That one. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels like we've been gone forever and like we were on, only gone for a blink of an eye at the same time. I mean, it's all on perspective, depending on how you look at the Internet terms. You've gone for 10 years. Seriously. Yeah. If, we, if we're talking about digital branding, we've been gone for a while. But in real life. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, uh, it, it's all a blur. But I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back, you know, happy to be potting. It's a lot going on in the world. It's a lot going on personally. It's a lot going on with the brand. It's just a lot going on. Yeah, I think what's hilarious to me is that, you know, we took this time off to sort of rest, recharge, refocus, make a lot of plans for the show's continued evolution as a brand. But we've come back and we're rushing just like we were rushing before, short on time and low key scrambling. So it's just it's just shows that it just doesn't stop. Life does not stop. It doesn't. It stops for no one. And I've realized if a lot of times when you make space and make time, that space and time just gets filled up with something else that's more pressing. It's not like things get easier. It's like, no, we've got something else that's going to fill this space up in time. That's literally how, how it's going. But, you know, I... As much as we're trying to figure out how to juggle it all, um, because we have something else major coming up, which we will talk about, I am excited to meet new people with respect to the show, tell more stories um, and all of that jazz. So I guess I'll start with you. What have you been up to? Man, what I've been up to, you know, nothing much, you know, just trying to put some paint where it ain't. That's all. <laughs> As you all can see, ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus has not changed at all. Um, specifically, though, you you were you still on the road when we? I was on the road to the last show that we did together. I was um out. The at... way you just yawned through that whole response. <laughs> hey man, people know I'm working. You know how I get down. But yeah, I was on the road traveling. You know, working these festivals. The last time I think we recorded together, um, and I have since. You know, transition back in, you know, with my business full time. But I'm trying to make another transition into going in-house um, as a content creator and editor. So I think it's just the best move right now. Yeah. Um, I think you've talked about it in the past. Sometimes we have to make pivots career-wise and do things that make sense. Um, sometimes they're lateral moves. Sometimes they're a step forward. Sometimes they're even a step back to take five steps forward. Uh, and I feel like at this point, you know, what, what I'm trying to build and what I want to do is kind of like a lateral. It's not necessarily a move forward for me because, you know, you have someone capping your time. Um, but it's kind of a lateral move for me to stay in the same lane, um, but to put some more focus on actually getting better at my craft by doing it every single day. Um, and to put some more thought into um, the business development aspect of it. Uh, because I feel like a lot of times with businesses, especially bu building something from the ground, when you're out here killing what you eat, uh, for lack of a better term, it's like it's a constant hustle. There's no downtime. There's no 
you got to keep things moving. You got to keep everything afloat. I was talking to our ghost producer, Brandon Weaver Bay. Shout out to you. And he was like, man, what's it like? I was like, it's like um, flying a plane and building it at the same time. Like you trying to keep that thing in the air and you using whatever you have to make it work. I think that was one of our guests who came up with that term, uh, Kidarius. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember which episode it was, but it was something he mentioned. It's something that stuck in my head ever since. So, you know, just trying to take a, a alternate route um, to move forward because I got some things that I want to do, but I feel like there's limitations uh, in respects to time if you're always like on the hustle, if that makes any sense. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I, I have made the transition a few years ago to, you know, from full-time entrepreneurship to going in-house. And it can feel like, because we're in such a, this culture of like own, work for yourself, build your own thing, hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. I mean, I used to say it like a job means just over broke, right? Everything's limited. Um, and so I've, I've been guilty of that belief system as well, that it's the only way. And there are some beautiful things about entrepreneurship. I have very fond memories uh, of my time, but I also have whew, a lot of rough memories from just the the business development grind, the accounts receivable grind, like getting people to actually pay their bills, keeping yourself out there, getting the actual work done, the administration piece of it, the taxes, you know, it's all these things. And so um, I have since talked to people who've gone from full-time entrepreneurship transitioning in-house or to some kind of hybrid, you know, entrepreneur model. And oftentimes, especially with black and brown people, there there can be some shame there. Like, oh, you know, I couldn't cut it or I have to, I'm going in house because I need more financial stability or, and you know, what's interesting to me is that feels like, I don't want, want to say it's a singular phenomenon to us. I'll just say anecdotally, I've heard that more from us than other groups. And I've watched, you know, startups get funded at millions of dollars and fail. And most of those folks are just like, eh, okay, on to the next thing. Or they get acquired and by the time they pay out, pay everybody back, they don't have that much left over. And then they're an employee of the, the place that inquire, acquired them. And it's just like, okay, that's the next phase. I think we have sometimes, we put more pressure on ourselves to once, once we go to, I'm owning my own business, that this is what I have to do forever and ever. Amen. In this way. And to the point that you made, that's not always true. Sometimes an opportunity presents itself to hone your skills on somebody else's dime, consistent dime every two weeks, right? Or um, it just may be fueled by pure need, whatever that need may be, some calm, sanity, consistent paycheck, whatever, but it can propel you and accelerate you in a way that staying on the same path may not have. And so even when it feels like a step back, a lot of times it's really not. It's really not at all. I don't feel like it's a, a step back for me personally. I feel like um, it is um, a strategic move if I find the right situation, the right culture, the right platform um, to build some things, to get some eyes on things, to get uh, some perspective from from um, a group of individuals that's probably older than me that's been doing this longer um, and to figure out, you know, what's lacking ultimately to to you know, to go back to my business ultimately um, and build a better pipeline and fit the more of the needs of, you know, maybe 2025 and beyond. That's the way I see it. And then, you know, the other thing is something that we always, you know, have to, you've mentioned before in this podcast and we've said before is, you know, just running your own race and not getting caught too much up 
on appearances and people's perception. And people are going to perceive what they're going to perceive and feel as long as you know what you're doing and what your plan is and what you're trying to make work. That's all that matters. It sounds very cliche, but it's the truth. That's all that matters at the end of the day. If you can sleep and be at peace and you're not, you know, getting on your loved one's nerves or have your loved ones on pins and needles, those people in your close circle, fine in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to see how things come together for you. You know, you've, you, you're you hot in these streets right now with a few opportunities pending. And so I'm excited to see where the you are. The after me, the <laughs> after me, biggest free agent on the market. You know what I'm saying? And we were, we were talking about um, that a couple of days ago. It wasn't on the agenda to talk about on the podcast, but I, but I am going to bring it up. And we were just talking about like the interview process and, you know, pitching yourself for opportunities and, being cognizant of certain unconscious biases, right? It, it's been proven time and time again that there are there are these biases in the interview process. Even when people think they're the most liberal or the, the most equal opportunity, they can rear their ugly head. And so much so that companies now are often like implementing interview training for this purpose. Like even if you think you're the most open and accepting person, Within the context of your job and personally, you could come to snap judgments. We we ultimately connect with those that we have things in common with. But the beauty of particularly what you do, it's not just your industry, but what you do is like the talent just can't be denied. And so even if there are those implicit biases that might creep up, your work, you know, speaks for itself. And I think that's going to drive you to have your pick of, you know, opportunities for sure. Right. That's how I feel, too. It, it's a, it's definitely a skill set where either you can do it or you can't. I mean, nobody, nobody's going to get mad. At, nobody, when she was alive, nobody's getting mad at Aretha Franklin for saying, ain't no way. Right. For not using the King's English. She could sing, it flowed well. When she hit those notes, goosebumps popped up on people's arms, whether they were grammar Nazis or not. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. It's just as you pointed out, the talent speaks for itself more than, than anything else, and it helps level the playing field in twenty twenty three. For sure. Um, and it's something that you know I had to remember too because I haven't interviewed in years for anything. And then you know the thought of you know being in house working around people like that. I haven't been in a formal setting like that in probably I don't know at this point six years. Yeah, let me tell you. Well, that that is when I first made the the transition in house, right? I mean, I knew what it was, obviously, because the the field that I was in outside, in some ways, is still a bit buttoned up. Even though I was doing startup and you know, entertainment stuff and new media, which is creative and you know, quote unquote, sexier, and I sort of crafted it the way I wanted it to be. But um, at the end of the day, it's still practicing law, and so you're a voice of authority and you got to come with a certain decorum. But I, I remember like when I worked for myself, I had a policy that I did not take meetings on Monday morning. And so that was a way for me to like start my week strong, ease into it, take care of some administrative things, respond to emails from over the weekend or that I didn't get to at the end of the last week and just having complete and utter control. And there was nobody that can tell me Oh, I need to talk unless, you know, a, a client, you jump through hoops for clients, but unless there was a major deal going on, like I didn't, that's fine. Like it's I'm just not like, taking I'm, a Monday meeting. yeah, I'm not available before noon. Right. You go in house. There are those eager beavers that will intentionally put a meeting on your calendar first thing Monday morning. And so that stuff like that was where I was just like, oh my God, I don't know if it's going, this is going to work for me. Um, because I had just gotten so used to having control, you know, control of everything. But I think you learn in these spaces how to 
to avoid the work overtaking you, how to set your own boundaries, how to engage in time management, work-life balance. It's I'm not saying it's easy and it works all the time, but over time you you make the adjustment, but there is nothing like having full control. Yeah, you know? it's nothing like having full autonomy, but I think at the end of the day what I do is not a traditional, even though there's deadlines and things like that, it's not a traditional job in the sense that you can say, hey, do this. It's a lot of moving pieces and things to figure out. And like, if I can quote Hustle Man from Martin, you can't rush this. This is butter, okay? <laughs> like, this is butter. So you can't. Some of these things, like, I know if if it's something that's fast to be, that fast has to be turned around the next day, like, all right, we just have to get this out. But we're talking about long form projects that have a thought and stories. Like, it takes time. Absolutely. Unless you want some trash and a trash is a representation of your brand and me. I'm not putting out any trash. God bless. Absolutely. So I feel like the, you know, going corporate is one thing, but creatives a little bit different um, depending on where you are. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and and I think the the opportunities that have made their, their way to you, it's just a testament to like the value that people are now putting on content creation as a core factor in effective comms, like for the organization, like communications and, and marketing. Um, and so more and more as we we go on, you've talked about how people often don't respect the craft, but I think the more and more like marketing departments, communications departments, companies in general, understand the power of the internet and the power of creative visuals, like the more they realize like, oh no, like this is the legitimate gap that we have that we have to, to, to fill. Yeah, a lot of people still don't respect the craft and the value that it adds and the thought and the time that goes into creating crafting narratives that, you know, move people to comment, to like, to share, or a call to action to read an article or visit a website. But, you know, companies are realizing more and more there's importance and the value of it. And most importantly, they're paying. Right. They're paying handsomely um, for these roles if you have the right amount um, experience. And there's people, you know, who are working just as contractors that are, you know, making 80, 90, hundred dollars an hour, Absolutely. depending on what they we're doing. And, you know, the time that they can turn things around is people out here that are, you know, clearing six figures easily and never leaving the house. So For it's sure. a, it's a, it's a very real thing and a real skill that's not going to do anything but grow over time. Um, hopefully AI doesn't take video editing <laughs> out, but like it's, it's, it's doing its other eyes, but I feel like it's one of those things that will always be around because um, perspective. No two people are going to see a story exactly the same, tell a story the exact same way. And, you know, most importantly, only one person can work on one job at a time. Mm-hmm. I always compare it to being a barber. Like as a barber gets better, you know, his prices just go up because he can only cut one person's hair at a time. So if you the best barber out making house calls or going on tour, $900 a haircut, you know, you just, you know, you're not in the shop taking walk-ins. You're just more exclusive. Prices are higher. So that's why I feel like part of the reason why I feel like it's just a great industry to be a part of. And I look forward to seeing what, you know, this year has to offer. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't feel like I have a lot of life change updates from the time that we were off. For me, it was just about focusing on my health and wellness, focusing on my career, um, even though I'm always doing that, but not feeling spread so thin, you know, while doing it uh, and really just plotting 2023. And and I think the theme for me this year is I've talked about on the show. People know I don't do resolutions. Um, I look more so to just ongoing goals and what phase of those goals that, I, that I'm in. But this is probably the first year where I don't have 
a clear vision of how it's going to unfold. I just know some amazing opportunities are on the table, you know, both professionally and personally, and I'm open to possibility. Like, I think this is going to be a transformative year. I've said that multiple times. I can feel it in my bones. But what that, how that transformation manifests, uh, I'm not 100% sure yet. It's a matter of like, oh, you know, what path am I going to take? And I think, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on this is exactly what I want to see happen. And this is how it needs to happen. And I think at this point, I'm like, some great things are going to happen. I have an idea in what areas they're going to happen in, but I'm flexible with respect to how they manifest. And so that's that's really where I am. I uh, I spent a lot of the end of the year sick, uh, so just could, couldn't shake it. Um, and so I'm, I'm actually just starting to feel like myself. So glad that we took that time, you know, off the show and we were able to have you know, family over for the holidays and all that great stuff. Uh, but my sort of where I am is just, you know, open to the possibility and knowing that this is this year is going to be great, you know, but but what it looks like fully, I'm still on a bit of like, oh, time, you know, time will tell. I agree. I I kind of do the same thing. I set the milestones for the year and I didn't do that this year. I, you know, I, I decided to think of myself more like a business and think about what I was going to do in the first quarter. And when I get to April 1st, reassess what's going on and chart out the next four months. Because I think oftentimes, you know, when you set these goals for the year, you don't know where your year is going. You don't know what opportunities are going to present itself. You, you There's so many variables that you really don't have any control over. Um, And you, it's crazy to make all these declarations at the beginning of the year. You may not even feel that way two months into the year. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how many times have um, you've had somebody say they want something or desire something and get it and not even like it? Like, I don't even know. That look, oh, it's like going to a restaurant and ordering, I don't know, like play a dish that you're seeing, like this looks great. And you take a few bites, like, oh, I don't want this. I'm ordering something else. You take that back. Right. I feel like goals and things can be like that, or you get something that's, you know, not what it's cracked up to be. Um, So, you know, I, I'm like, there are some things that I know that are in front of my mind that I'm going to work on right now. And I'm trying to get done before they begin to April. And then when April comes, I'll reassess and figure out how to, I need to chart moving forward. Um, but like realizing, to your point, there's just a lot of things that are out of our hands, out of our control. And we kind of steering guy, but like, you know, taking, be intentional, of course, as always, but, you know, taking life as it comes. Yeah. I mean, if, if the last few years have not taught us anything else, is that we, we had stuff on the books for the show, stuff on the books personally, you know, all of these things and the way first the pandemic and then loss and all those things really derailed that. I think it hasn't, all of that has not really hampered my optimism, but it is, is making me more aware of exactly what you're saying. Like wait to see sort of how life unfolds while you move with intention and be prepared to pivot. And the other thing I think that has has been helpful for me over the last <clears throat> couple of years is if something's not working, like, and that, that could be interaction, people you're working with, collaborating with personally, like just letting that go. I think the older I get and with everything that has happened, I don't really have patience for like a lot of nonsense and something that's just not gelling. And so I'm finding that I'm more quick to be like, you know what? I don't think this is the right fit and that's fine, but like we need to be moving in another direction. 
And by moving in another direction, I mean, you go that way and I go this way. <laughs> you go that way, I go that way. <laughs> um, and so that has been very, very empowering. I mean, we've had that experience just as of late, trying to put some things together uh, for this gala, which is probably a good a good place to start talking about this. But uh, we are preparing to bring the host of funds fundraising gala back. I wish I had a soundboard where I could like hit the button with the people cheering. Yeah, yeah th- those are all the fancy things we thought we would probably come back with, but it just hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> April 15th, 2023, Matawan, New Jersey. Uh, lights, camera, action. We are back on. And love that song, man. Uh, and so, but what's crazy is just like the, <laughs> just like the back to school bash, we've had the blueprint. We know exactly what to do. It seemed like it would be relatively easy. And it's just been like, roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. First first roadblock was just finding a venue that made sense because people are still rebooking from the pandemic. And so dates are very, very limited. And they're so in demand that the service that you get is lacking because it's it's like trying when I was trying to buy a new car, if you don't take the mediocrity, the mediocre deal, somebody else is going to because it's just so few things available right now. So it's just like it took time to lock that in. And then, you know, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know, the gala has many elements and it's awardees and, and entertainment and all those things. And that has been a process. So uh, we are in grind mode right now, trying to solidify a couple more things, start to to market. Well, we really did kind of start marketing already, but like just putting all those puzzle pieces together so we can create a memorable night like we did the first time. Right. It, it, it's so many moving pieces we get the to this process and it's like you can't even move forward and market properly unless you have the venue locked in and the honor read it's like you really have to move in lockstep with a lot of these things and then when you run into roadblocks or you have people that's like let me get back to you it's like brother i don't i don't have that much time i just need a yes or no can you do it or can you not do it oh you can all right sign this contract <laughs> yeah and it's it's what's been interesting is We've gotten multiple soft yeses that turned into a hard no. And so that that has been for a minute there. I was like, okay, is this a sign that we're not supposed to be doing this? Because it just happens repeatedly. And, you know, listen, people might take a while to get back to us, but they usually come back with a yes because we're just good people. People know the quality and caliber of what we do. And so they're usually willing to to meet whatever need or, you know, ask that we have. And this time it's just been like, yeah, I thought I was going to be able to do that, but I can't. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we've had to go through a few iterations of um, the plan to get started. But I've been talking to other people in this space. And what I've heard is that this it coming down to the wire. That's just what it's been for a lot of people uh, trying to, to resume events after after the pandemic. And so we are keeping the faith. Um Really excited. But with that being said, be on the lookout for the flyer, the ticket sales. If you are local to the tri-state area and want to support us, it will be a good time. It's an affordable time when you when you factor in everything that we're actually including and offering. And we're just honoring some really great people. Um, and we know a lot of folks who support the show are well-connected and entrepreneurs. So listen, if you want to get down with these sponsorship packages or silent auction items or raffle items, please reach out to us. Donations. <laughs> Listen, it takes a whole lot to not only do these events, but like 
walk away with some money to actually help the community at the end because gallows are not cheap and it's even more expensive now with this inflation that has socked us all over the head. Um, but yeah, eggs cost more than a gallon of gas. It's crazy. It is. I have run into the grocery store on multiple occasions for a few things and spent $70. I'm like, I'm coming out with a bag and a half. Like, You're not even coming out with a bag because they don't give you bags anymore. <laughs> You're just walking out with it in your arms like you was looting. It's straight up. And um, I got a sack of potatoes, a thing of leg quarters and, a, and some oil. Why was this $50? It's crazy. It's it's really, uh, it has been a lot. But, you know, that that impacts our ability to do this in a cost-effective way. And it impacts the money it takes for us to serve the community as well. Like everything we've done year after year, the cost of that is going up. And so um, we'll see how this, you know, this year shakes out. But like, I think the owl is going to be great. I just wish it didn't always come down to like, the wire. But here here we are. We're going to make it happen. We'll make some jump, make some shake. For sure. And do almost anything it takes. <laughs> that wasn't planned. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's going on. What else what else what else has been happening? Besides you training for American Ninja, I don't know. Oh man, yeah, my my health and fitness journey has been it's been a thing. It, it has been it has been a thing. I mean, you know me. My my quirk is that I don't really know how to do things halfway. Like if I'm doing it halfway, I'm just really like I have zero interest in it and I'm just kind of trudging along for whatever reason. But if it's something not take interest in, um, I am going to do try to do all things well. And plus, you know, I'm, I'm in the fight to just stay healthy uh, and keep those genetics at bay <laughs> as well. And so, yes, I have been hitting the boxing gym pretty hard, doing weight training and cardio and all that stuff, even though my lungs tried to betray me at the end of the year. Um, but it feels good to be back at 100 percent. And it feels good to know that, like, if something jumps off in the Target parking lot, I, I, I might be all right to defend. She says she undefeated in the streets and the courts, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> I'm going to beat you behind in this parking lot and I'm going to beat you behind in this this case. I don't know if you if you have felt like this in certain phases of your life when you've been like getting into really great shape or participating in combat, you know, sports or whatever. You just start to imagine various scenarios every time you go out and like, what would you do? I still, I, I'm not in physical shape at all. And I still imagine <laughs> scenarios when I go out. So I give people them looks like that. I'm not the one. Don't try me. <laughs> Even if I'm bluffing, <laughs> I'm, that's where my mind is always. Yeah, I definitely, I think I've always been just how we were raised a bit on, on guard. But it is like now because, you know, I, I'm training in a way where you're training for certain scenarios. Like if somebody hooks off on you this way, this is what you do. Now I'm just like in the line at the grocery store. You in the line, girls like, wee, wee, bah, bah, <laughs> jab, jab, right. hook, uppercut. Like what if somebody just knocked me in the back of my head right now? How would that, how would that play off, play out? But I enjoy it. It's, um... Not easy. It is, it is it is a grind, probably the hardest workout regimen that I've, I've ever been on. But like I'm seeing the results, I'm improving, I'm getting better, getting some agility, you know, mobility going. And so I'm going to stick with it and see how far I can take it. That's for sure. Exciting, man. You know what I'm saying? Check out the IG story. She be in there, you know, tearing that bag up. Yeah, no, this is no rumble over here. I'm not doing a little like cheesy women's classes like we're we are getting it in for real and so um it's been good i uh this year will be a year of sparring and some other things so we'll see how that plays out since people want to keep challenging me um we're gonna make it happen she gonna mess around and end up and joining golden gloves yo here's the thing about that though i think i'm too superficial to risk my nose being broken 
I mean, that's <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too vain, I think, for that piece. But we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I happen to like my face. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Layla Ali was at the professional level, and she looks. She still looks great. So I heard they was cherry picking opponents, but that's neither here nor there. All right, we'll leave that right where it's at. But in any event, yes, health and wellness, and you know, oh, that that is an update. I am working with a content strategist. And so one of the the consistent messages that we've gotten and I've gotten, you know, feedback is people wanting to see more behind the scenes stuff, wanting to kind of understand um, how the, you know, the bread gets made and all that other stuff. So I'm, if you leave it to me, that's never happening. And so I've actually, you know, brought in somebody. So you'll see a lot of that on our personal page. Uh, we're in planning mode right now. And it's real this time because the contract is signed. So I got to do it. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited and I'm nervous about that. Um, I am. I share what I want to share, but I am weirdly private and have never really leaned into this whole social media era. So I'm trying to figure out how to do it in a way that makes me feel comfortable. But it's also building connection with people who follow the brand and are interested in what's going on. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And so the last thing, I mean, we we wanted to talk about, which is a complete shift of gears, but like one of the things that I think has been really important to us, uh, particularly after, you know, just the, what we have, we went through earlier in the pandemic is maintaining like mental health and peace and stability, which kind of goes back to what I was talking about before. If something is just not working at this point, my peace and having some level of ease where I can get it is ultimately important. And so I have been trying to function with that in, in mind. And we have a lot going on in the world. Like it's, it's, the, the new cycle just seems to be getting worse and worse. We are going into the second month of the year. The number of mass shootings is like, I forget the exact number because it was one thing. And then I saw an, a news story about another shooting in California uh, that happened yesterday. Uh, so it's hard to keep up there. Poli- police brutality is a is a real thing, uh, obviously. And it is it is really hard for me to follow the, the 24-7 news cycle, given the amount of imagery um, that is put out there. And on the one, I think I'm torn because on the one hand, the fact that we live in an age where you can't hide it, right? It's no longer just somebody who's in a window with a camcorder, like in the 90s, right? right? It's body cam footage, it's street cameras, in addition to cell phone footage. While I'm grateful that that leads to greater accountability, it is really hard to be exposed to that much negative media. It is. And, you know, people, everybody doesn't have the same discernment or the same outlook or the same view. So people share, hey, look at this. Did you see this? Did you see this? Like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> not right. I might not be in the state. I mean, awareness is important, but I might not be in the state to look at something. Just because it came out doesn't mean I want to watch that one time because that can be triggering for me. Or because of, you know, past experiences, my own experiences, it's just what I got going on in my life. Like, and awareness, and again, the other side of that is awareness and engagement is important, but there's enough people in quote unquote the community, right, to speak out and to do things. Sometimes, like, you know, sometimes even if you thought of it like an actual battle military, soldiers got to rest sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, some other person goes on watch, goes on guard. But there's times where it's just like, now nah, I got to fall back and take me a nap. You know what I mean? It's not a situation. It sounds bad where we need everybody. Like, I, I'm going to be a little bit delayed in getting to the front lines because, you know, seeing those sorts of things is can be, you know, violent 
And what I mean by that is like psychologically violent towards you, you know what I mean? And going through that and processing it or whatever and triggering it, especially if, you know, you've experienced those sorts of things or if you've had lost family members to violence, state violence, especially, it, it brings back a lot of a lot of tough uh, times in your life and, and emotions. So if you know if you're not in the right mind, you don't have to ch- you don't have to chime in. Let somebody else do it. Let one of these 19 year olds jump up and run around. Yeah, I, I definitely have now. I don't know if it's just age. I don't know if it's personal experience. I don't know if it's just overstimulation because of the the information information age that we're in. But I am at a point where I have to temper what I take in, and that is from like what's really going on in the world and movies like tv all of that like i i cannot ingest all of that um and i know i know a lot of it is because of what we've been through but i was reading online something yesterday that basically said studies have shown that black people operate with a level of ptsd that's just so embedded in us that oftentimes when we see uh something like these like these this footage of police brutality or something else, even if we have not experienced it in our own families or with someone we know, we will insert someone we know in our imagination into that, uh, whatever that Ugh. incident is. And so it piques our anxiety in a way that it may not for other people because we know the possibility of that happening to anyone we know is, is there. Is there. It's that much realer. And I think, you know, the thing that bothers me, some people may disagree, but we're the only one that get killed and it gets broadcast on cable news networks. It gets shared. Like we are the the main people that something happens to and it's shared everywhere. And it's sort of like a lynching. Not to say that it's the exact same thing, but it's like triggering in the same way. If you know anything about history, people getting strung out these public displays that were messaging to other people. Um, and I feel like, you know, I don't necessarily think, oh, it's a conspiracy with the networks to show you, oh, this is what the police going to do to you. But it is kind of has that same effect. If you see somebody that could be your brother, your sister, your cousin, your father, your mother being killed on TV. Like if you have a conscience and a soul as a boy, you're like, yo, that could be me. I'm, you're not in no denial that that could be you or one of your loved ones when you see it. Like, oh, that just doesn't happen because we've seen it so many times. It doesn't matter whether people are college educated or not, um, that things happen to people. Absolutely. And, you know, it's which is why, you know, I don't subscribe to that. Just cooperate, just dress a certain way, look a certain way. Uh, we all we all have instances of profiling and it doesn't matter. Right. What level of education or economic or socioeconomic status that you have. And so, yeah, one thing I'm, I'm carrying over. Everyone knows it's a common theme on our show is just like protecting your mental health and doing what you need to stay right side up. And even if your life, your day to day life is going well and everything's fine, those check ins, I'm not saying professional therapy is for everyone all the time, but making sure you have the space to connect with the support support system and the people you care about just to like check in with yourself and check in with them because we are up against so much that can affect us psychologically and emotionally uh, as well. And I, I am, I am someone who doesn't talk about this stuff online a lot. I have those conversations in real time, first and foremost, because I just don't, I don't want to debate. Right. But also it is part of protecting my peace is doing it in a controlled environment um, as well. And so I'm heavy on that. Like I'm just, I'm heavy on controlling uh, how I take that information in and who I discuss it with. Yeah. You hit the, the nail on the head. Cause I'm the same way. I don't really believe in having 
these online discussions about certain topics, especially things that are sensitive like this, because you open the ground for anyone to jump in and to throw their opinion and their opinions that you may not agree with that don't make any sense, that may be sound in this next person's mind. And then you get into this back and forth trying to convince people and it's just more frustrating. You know, next thing you know, you arguing with somebody that you was in the third grade gym class with right. online. It doesn't make any sense. Like y'all are not gonna agree. This is a public forum. Nobody's going to back down. And then it always devolves. A lot of times it'll devolve into insults and snide remarks and all of that. It just, there's no, nothing that's going to come from it productive. So that's why, you know, I, much like you, keep my opinions offline and have conversations in real time with people whose opinions and information that I value or whatever. And also, more importantly, people who research and do this type of work as far as activism and policy for a living, because a lot of people are talking and have no idea what they're talking about. Hot takes from Facebook. Yeah, from Facebook. Don't don't know have research. None of the data, don't none of the history, but are like. You live it willing to die on a point that is really something that they just made up in their head. Absolutely. Just from some headlines. They don't even read articles. They just send you the headlines. Like, are you checking this URL? This is not even a real website. It's <laughs> <laughs> more spam on it than anything uh, else. Infowarsglobal.net. Yeah, like, this is not real. Yeah. Um, and so all of these things, I think, you know, us just to bring it full circle, us taking a break from the show, like really helped me to assess what my needs are just to have productive days, productive weeks, restful sleep um, and internal peace. And I, I'm standing on that like 10 toes down, like what it takes for me to function well. And I don't anybody bringing frenetic, frenetic energy or adversarial energy near me. Like I'm just not interested at all. I, I get enough of that in the work that I do every day. And so I'm protecting my peace at all costs. That's all I got to say uh, that that that's a I would say that's probably part of my mantra for this year. Self-love is another mantra. Ease as much as I can get it. Um, and as you would say, having it our way. It's up. It's only up from here. That's how I feel. Despite everything that's going on in the world and all of that, like it's up. There, there are beautiful miracles that I that I hope will will take place in 2023. Amen. So before we get out of here, let's talk, just give the people a little glimpse of like what the new plan is gonna be for the show. Um, and so if if you all know, before, if you've been following us for a while, we were on, you know, pretty much consecutive guests, guest appearances with extraordinary occurrences sprinkled in. And then, um, you know, I sort of went back to a couple of solo episodes as well. We are uh, moving towards really a fixed hybrid schedule where we're not going to feature as many people as we used to uh, because pre-production on that is, is not a game. And so we're focusing on quality and not quantity. So you'll probably see from us. Do you want to tell the people what they'll see this year? See more solo content from Delisha and more extraordinary occurrence episodes. So it won't be every week, be more like a bi-weekly schedule almost, but more content from her and I, more discourse from her and, you know, some guests sprinkled in here and there versus the traditional model, which has been, you know, every week a new guest and, you know, extraordinary occurrence once a month or once every two months. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're we're aiming to have a uh, one guest a month. Uh, that's the goal, but we're not going to sacrifice the caliber of people we put on just for the sake of like having a guest. And so, and then, you know, listen, if it, 
the beauty of being an organic show and like self-contained is that if something amazing pops up or someone amazing who wants to appear, we'll double up for that month. But we're just not holding ourselves to that weekly consecutive guest schedule because it's a heavy lift, number one. And we both are moving into different phases of our lives as well and just trying to balance a show that we're really passionate about with the things that it, it takes for us to kind of thrive personally and professionally as well. Show is a full-time job. It is. It's a labor of love, but it's still a full-time job um, that we've been at for the past five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes when doing anything, you have to course correct and you have to look and see what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, ultimately what bl- gels and blends in with the rest of your life, what you have going on in order for the sake of like, I wouldn't say continuity, but just um, what's the word that I'm looking for? For the sake of, you know, continuation, maybe carrying on, because it's like the path that we are going at, how busy our personal professional lives are getting, it's just not sustainable. Sustainability, that's the word I was Mm -hmm. looking for. Sometimes you have to make changes to, you know, how you execute for the sake of sustainability. You know, ginger ale doesn't come in green bottles anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? That was a sustainability thing right there. They had to change up. It hurts my heart that I don't get my, you know, my seagrams in the green bottle anymore, but the, the clear bottle will do. It looks kind of weird, but it'll do. It totally looks weird. And for the record, it's seagrams or nothing. Like, seagrams is the best ginger ale. I don't want to hear anything about Canada Dry. Canada Dry is the worst yeah, ginger ale in the show. I don't anything about Schweppes. Seagrams is the only one. Seagram is the standard. Unless you're talking about something ale. like, because I did have like, Something else. I think it was Fever Tree or something. Yeah. Um, you know, specialty. Yeah, specialty. Like, we just talk about like the general mass. Yeah, the producer. general like penicillin for all people who look like us. Yeah, yeah it's got to be Seagram's. That's the only one I'm drinking. Um, but yes, I am. I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to what comes out of us being back. Uh, this episode, you know, for a return was like super low key. Um, but I'm interested to hear what people have to say about their feelings about the show finally being back. Uh if you haven't checked it out, we do have a brief five-year retrospective on on our IG page. So check that out just to get a little bit of a glimpse into how our guests, some of them have leveled up over time. Uh, really proud of the journeys that folks have been on since they've been on the show uh, and proud to see how we level up in this next year. So if you're glad that we're back, uh, if you're ready for what's to come, go ahead and like, share, comment, tell somebody about the show. Let us know. Uh, we need a little bit of affirmation, right? And applause every now and again, too. So let us know uh, how you're feeling about the return and what you're excited about. Also, tell us what you want us to talk about, because we talk all the time, um, you know, as, as siblings. But if there are things that you want to hear discourse on on the show, let us know. Always welcome uh, and welcoming and open to new topics. With that being said, anything else you want to say to wrap this up? Peace. You all be blessed and listen, be open to the possibility of 2023. Protect your peace at all costs and only collaborate and interface with those who align with you and your values. And with that being said, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.